James is one of the key influential spiritual leaders. And he writes a book of wisdom. A book of wisdom about how the Christians should live their life. And at the end of this little letter, he begins to talk to them about prayer. Powerful prayer. Prayer that brings healing. Prayer that brings transformation. And he actually equates this prayer to a man by the name of Elijah. Elijah of the Old Testament. The name of our book is Circle Maker. And Elijah of the Old Testament was one of the great circle makers in all of Scripture. A man who knew how to pray hard and pray through. In James chapter 5, verse number 16, James says these words. Therefore, speaking of prayer, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. For the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Everyone say powerful. Everyone say effective. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Father, in these next few moments, every ear to hear every spiritual eye to see. God, I thank you that your word goes forth today and it will accomplish that which you sent it forth to accomplish. I bless your people today. Let us leave your change by the power of your spirit and your wonderful and awesome name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. <clears throat> Let there be light. We got light. Amen. Every week we talk about a definition of the circle maker. It's right there at the top of your page in your little handout this morning. Oh, oh my, my cell phone. Real quick here. i got to have my cell phone. All right, we did this last week. But uh, for all of you little techies this morning, you can, if you have version. How many of you use version to read your Bible from? Okay. About 40% of you. If you have a smartphone, there's an app. It's called version. It's the best Bible app that there is. And if you download this little app, uh, it's actually it's actually uh, produced by a church out of Tulsa, Oklahoma, called Life Church, and they make this free to millions of people. <clears throat> millions of people. They have over thirty different translations in multiple languages. You can download this app, and you can carry your Bible with you everywhere you go. But if you click on that app and uh, you go to their home screen, the home screen will look something like this. Next week, we'll have a little snapshot picture so that you can see this. This is the coolest thing, and they have a little blue square box there, and it's called Live Events. You can click the, on Live Events. And you can type in Sanford, you can type in Lake Mary, you can type in the zip code. The zip code here is 32773, and you can type in our zip code. And when you type in our zip code and you push return, you'll see Orlando City Church, 7112. Oh, all kinds of churches are doing it this week. Uh, Orlando City Church, 7112. And you'll see our notes, uh, Circle Maker Part 3, Lessons from the Greatest Circle Maker. And you can just follow right along with your notes and you can fill in the blank. Actually, if you scroll all the way down, we even made it real easy for you this week. If you forgot to bring your checkbook, you can actually give right through your phone today. You can just click on the little Give Donate button there, and you can fill out the little form, and uh, you'll be able to give of your offering. Prayer request, you can send a prayer request. You can fill the little form on there, and you can submit those to the church. Watch videos, go to the website, all kinds of cool things. And uh, just to kind of help you as we move into the 21st century. Amen? All right. Circle maker, a person who is relentless in praying through until God shows his answer for a particular situation or problem. A person who is relentless in praying through until God shows his answer for a particular situation or problem. The title of the message this morning is pray hard. Everyone say pray hard. Now, most of us know how to play hard. Some of us know how to work hard. But Jesus commanded us to pray hard. 
We're going to talk about praying hard. What praying hard means in your life. I actually have this big idea that I want to convey to you. I want you to get this into your heart, into your spirit today. Praying hard is praying through. Everyone say praying through. When I was a boy, the church I grew up in had altars, wooden altars. Maybe you grew up in a church that had wooden altars up in the front. And we were encouraged after every message, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I told people I was a drug baby. I was drugged to church whether I wanted to go there or not. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And I remember we had no children's church back in the day. All the kids sat in the main service. You guys remember that. If you grew up in church more than 15 years ago, you probably sat in a church just like that. And I would sit right up on the front row. And I'd have my little junior quarterly for the boys. And I'd sit there and read the thing the whole time while the pastor preached. And I know it must have drove the dickens crazy out of them, but it was okay. I was sitting in the front row. don't know if I remember any of that. I remember some of the stories from the junior boys. But uh, something about praying until you receive an answer from heaven. Praying through. The old timers would talk about it. Just pray through. You got a problem in your life? Just pray through. Well, sometimes that seems to beg maybe a, a simpler solution. Maybe there's a few tweaks in the way you converse with people. But generally what I found is more people talk about their problem than pray about their problem. More people talk about their problem than pray about their problem. And more people talk to way too many people about their problems. And the more people you talk to about your problems, the bigger they get. They just keep growing. This little tiny molehill over here, the more you talk about it, starts to turn into a great big mountain. A person who is relentless, but a person who is praying hard till they pray through. And if you pray through, God will come through. If you pray through, God will come through. One of the key habits of highly successful people is that they're persistent. Successful people in any endeavor in life are persistent. Sunday night we had John Rivers, the owner of uh, the Four Rivers Barbecue House, one of the fastest growing restaurants here in Central Florida, and it's getting ready to—he's getting ready to franchise and go on a larger scale. And it's just an amazing what God has done in his life over the last three and a half, four years as he's run this barbecue business. And he told his story about all the obstacles and all the challenges and all the people that told him that, that brisket barbecue in Central Florida would never fly and, and starting a restaurant in the middle of the biggest recession, depression that this nation has seen since the 1930s and starting it on Fairbanks and there's no entrance or exit and, and, and you only got little tiny building and you got no parking and it's never going to work and it isn't going to happen and all these naysayers that would pass by him every day. Obstacles, challenges, the guy that started the building, quit in the middle of the job, went bankrupt, ran out of money. And all these things were just trying to stop him from succeeding. But he had something inside of him called a dream. He had something inside of him called a goal. He had something inside of him called a desire. And he was persistent. And he prayed through. He's also got a very godly praying wife. He didn't tell that part of the story. Uh, publicly, but his wife is a godly praying woman. And she would go down every day and she would lay hands on that building and she would pray over that building, praying for God's success and God's breakthrough. That's the rest of the story. You see, there is, there is something about a tenacity in the spiritual realm. 
I mean, you look around our culture. You look around successful business and organizations. There, several years ago, there was a very popular book called Chicken Soup for the Soul. Anybody have a copy of Chicken Soup for the Soul? Okay, about half of you have that book. Very popular book. A lot of stories, a lot of isms, a, a lot of little factoid kind of things in it. But the authors of that book pitched that book, pitched that book to over 170 publishers. And it was rejected every time. That book has now gone on to sell 70 million copies. It was the 171st publisher. 170 times they were told no. Walt Disney received 302 rejections for financing loans for Disney World. 302. Now it's one of the premier amusement parks in the world. And we live in the land of Disney. We live... 54 million people a year come here because there's a little rat running around with little ears pointing up. 54 million. Macy failed seven times before he opened the store Macy's of New York and succeeded. Colonel Sanders of Kentucky Fried Chicken spent more than two years traveling around in an old car trying to sell his chicken recipe before he got any takers. He was rejected 1,009 times before he found a buyer. 1,009 times. All of these people succeeded because they were persistent. They had a dream. They had a desire. They had something inside of them that wouldn't quit. That's the natural. How much more the spiritual. It is true in the natural it must also therefore be even more true in the spiritual. Studies have shown that it takes 10,000 hours for any person to master a topic. Any person. To become a PhD in any field of endeavor, it takes at least 10,000 hours. You could take it in golf, sports. You could take it across the spectrum. It takes at least 10 thousand hours of continuous pursuit and development in order for a person to become a master in any area. It's an amazing thought. Uh, no one has yet found a case where this isn't true. I wonder if prayer isn't any different. You see, prayer is a habit to be cultivated. It's to be disciplined. It's, it's to be developed. It's a skill that we practice as believers. And although I don't want to reduce prayer to a formula or time log on our knees i believe today the bigger our dream the harder you have to pray the bigger your dream for the kingdom of god the harder you have to pray today we're going to look at the greatest circle maker that ever lived his name was jesus i call this lessons from the greatest circle maker the Bible says that Jesus was our high priest and he was tempted in all ways like we were. He was tempted. He was tested. Actually, the writer of Hebrews goes on to say that Jesus learned obedience through the things that he suffered. Now, there's some very challenging verses in the Bible. That's one of them. But there was something about Jesus who had to submit to the will of the Father. He had a human nature and he had a spiritual nature. Jesus' human nature was fully man. But Jesus' spiritual nature was fully God. And when Jesus left heaven's glory, where He was seated at the right hand or the place of authority in heaven, when Jesus left that place and He took on human flesh, 
For that 32 years, he set aside the prerogative of his royalty, the prerogative of his deity. He actually said to Satan, I could have called 10,000 angels to deliver me. But he chose to do the will of the Father. Jesus was the greatest example of a prayer warrior, of a person who prayed through. In Matthew chapter 26, the story that I read this morning, we see that Jesus practiced prayer. You can fill that in your little note this morning. Jesus practiced prayer. Then Jesus went to his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. Look at this. Jesus went to a specific place. Do you have a place today where you get along with God? Do you have a place... Maybe it's your, in your home. Maybe it's on the edge of a couch. Maybe it's a special chair. Maybe it's in your car. Maybe you, some of you go to the mountains. What's really fascinating when you, when you study, and I've actually studied all the places that the Bible that says that Jesus prayed, every single place that the Bible says that he prayed was outdoors. Every single place. Every place. There's something about that. Jesus would get away from everything. He would get away from the telephones. He would get away from the emails. He would get away from the mute. I mean, he would get away from it all. It's actually in the Gospel of Mark, it says that Jesus went to a desolate place. Went to a desolate place. He just got along to a place where he could talk with and communicate with God. One of the men that work here at the church during the week, Chuck, he was telling me he loves to come to work on Saturday. He volunteers all, all week long, and he comes up here on Saturday. And he says, I come, love to come up here on Saturday because there's nobody on the campus. And I get up here early, and I walk. Uh, he has stuff that he does around the campus. He goes, but I come into the sanctuary. There's nobody here. And I can just lift my hands, and I can pray because I'm all alone. It's a secret place for me. It's a place where I can get alone with God. A couple of weeks ago, one of the young men was a little nervous and said, Pastor, i got to talk to you. He said, you know, I want you to know that I wasn't doing anything. I just, I felt like I needed to come to, up to the church and pray. And so he came onto the campus and he went over to the round building. And he stayed all night and he prayed all night in the building. I said, dude, man, you can come up here anytime you want and pray all night long. Just next time, tell somebody. I mean, there's something about getting alone, being with God. Mark Batterson, I love what he says, a change of place plus a change of pace equals a change of perspective in your life. Jesus went to Gethsemane, the place of the olive grove. In that olive grove, there was an olive press. There was actual work taking place. But when Jesus went to this garden, there wasn't a natural work taking place. There was a spiritual work taking place. There was a press of Jesus' human spirit to the conformity to the will of God. It's a very interesting symbolism between the pressing of the olives to produce this pure oil. The pressing of your human flesh to drive out all your carnality and drive out all your evil thoughts and drive out all the things that hinder you to produce that sweet, pure oil of God's spirit. What a beautiful analogy. Jesus went to the garden to pray. He went to the garden to pray. But why did he pray? I mean, come on, he was fully God. I mean, how does Jesus, I mean, people say, how does he pray to himself? Yes, Jesus was fully God, but he was also fully man. And he lived with the same emotions. He lived with the same potential for sin. He lived to the exact same potential. He just never did it. He was tempted at all points in every way, like you and I were, like you and I are. But he never sinned. Why did Jesus need to pray? Because he needed God. 
He needed to do the will of the Father. He actually said, I am so sorrowful. I've overcome. I'm overwhelmed. Have you ever felt overwhelmed in your life before? Have you ever felt, come on, have you ever, anybody here, we get, like, get up and run around the building? Yeah. Have you ever felt oh, just overwhelmed by all the stuff that comes on you? The challenges, the bills, the kids go sideways, got to fight with your spouse, your boss doesn't like you, they think you're ugly, they don't like your mother. I mean, whatever it is. I mean, you feel overwhelmed. It's almost always human relationship stuff that just kind of send us over the top. Jesus prayed. Because he was in a desperate place. The father had asked him to do something very hard. The father had asked him to do something very difficult. The father had asked him to do something that he would never ask another person on the planet to do. And that was to die for the sins of the whole world. To die for every person. Every person who's ever thought a wicked thought. For every person who's ever done a wicked deed. For every person that told a little white lie. For every person that stole a little dime from their mother's purse box. Jesus died for every single person who's committed sin on planet earth. And you know who that is? That's all of us. All of us. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the Father asked you. You can just shut me down right now. Come on, just shout. Yeah, that's good. Jesus died for me. You can just talk back to me. That helps me a lot, man. This is getting good. Amen. He was in a desperate place. He was struggling with his emotions, his feelings. He was struggling. It was a wrestle. He's overwhelmed with sorrow. He knows what's about to happen. He knows what's about to take place. Listen, you have a choice today. You have a pity party or you have a prayer party. You have a pity party, or you have a prayer place. I mean, that's generally one of the two directions that we go. Our problems, our feelings of being overwhelmed, our struggles and trials, they either overwhelm us and they drive us to the secret place of prayer to break through, or to pray through, or to pray hard, or they cause us to come over here and have a little pity party about how bad life is, and how mean they were, and how unfair that was, and they did this to me, and they did that to me. Come on, amen. Someone with me this morning. I've done it right, and I've done it wrong. I've done it right, and I've done it wrong. And when I've done it wrong, it just grows. And then when you do it wrong, you self-medicate. When you do it wrong, you watch t television way too long. You sleep in bed way too long. Come on. When you do it wrong, you say it the wrong way. When you do it wrong, maybe some people have got a little addiction problem. They take a pill they shouldn't take. They take a drink they shouldn't take. I mean, when you do it wrong, people do all kinds of things to try to alleviate the burden of their life. But I want you to know, if you allow the press, if you allow that sense of overwhelmingness to drive you to the secret place, if you allow it to drive you to the place of prayer, like Jesus in the garden, when you submit your will to the Father, there will come a press. And the press set of your life will be the oil of God's joy. There will be the oil of God's presence. The Bible says, that Isaiah says, that God sent His anointing to break the yoke of bondage. Amen. You got one of two directions. We try to walk the line and we're okay. And I shared with someone Friday night. I used to travel years ago with Teen Challenge and, and I would 
uh, speak at different places, public schools and different things like that. And I had a little video that I would show before I would speak. It was called The Mask. It was way before Jim Carrey's The Mask. It was, this is a long time ago. And, but it had a mask, and it would show people at a party. And they were all laughing, and, but they were all wearing these different kinds of masks. Then the video would stop and the person would take their mask off and talk about the hurt and the pain and the things that they were trying to hide up by being at this party. And that's what so many people do when they come into the church. They got a mask. They, How are you doing today? Oh, everything. And your life's going to hell on a handbasket. You can't pay your bills. Nothing's working. Your marriage is falling apart. Hi, oh, I'm okay. Like, you ain't okay. And this is the place to be encouraged. This is the place to be built up. This is the place to experience the presence of God. This is the place to cast all your cares upon Him, for He cares for you. This is the place for you to cast off all restraint and just say, God, I'm going to be a worshiper of you in spirit and truth today. Amen. Listen, Jesus, if Jesus needed to pray, we need to pray. Jesus practiced it. Jesus modeled for his disciples the necessity of developing a personal relationship with the Father. Up to this point, up to this point, their religion had been very religious, very religious. Lots of ceremonies. They saw lots of animals get slain. They had lots of rules and lots of regulations and lots of people running around and telling them what they were supposed to do. But very few people telling them how to connect with the one who could help them do it. And as a matter of fact, Jesus says this. He says, Abba, Father. Jesus actually came to teach us how, how we can communicate with our Heavenly Father. We now, because of the blood of Jesus and the cross, we now have direct access to our Father. And Paul the Apostle said that we are now sons and daughters of God. And we can call Him Abba, Father. We can call him dad. Dad, hey, dad, I need you. Dad, I need a haircut today. Dad, I need new tires today. Dad, come on. Dad, I'm hungry. Come on. Dad, I need you. And if you don't need God, if you don't have anything that you have need of today, you will never learn to pray through. But I got to tell you today, I got a feeling that every person in this room has something, something that you need daddy to show up, show off and show strong in your life. Listen, Jesus needed prayer like fish needed water. Jesus needed prayer like humans needed food. Jesus needed prayer like autos need fuel. Jesus needed prayer like the government needs your cash. Listen, Jesus needed prayer. That's good preaching there. Jesus prayed because it was the source of his life. Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father doing. You see, when you spend time with the Lord, and when you spend time in his word, and you spend time in praying and seeking and Going after God. You won't find yourself over here doing things that you shouldn't be doing. It just doesn't, you know, you won't want to do those things. You, you want the presence. Not that you don't fall and you don't stumble. The Bible says a righteous man, though he falls seven, seven times a day, he will rise up again. It's because you know there's something better. You know there's a greater plan. You know there's a greater purpose today. Jesus prayed. Jesus prayed specifically to the Father. Jesus told that when we pray, we were to pray in His name to the Father. Jesus prayed so many times. So many times. 
He prayed passionately. He prayed passionately. And he prayed persistently. The second thing I want you to see this morning is that Jesus taught the necessity of persistent prayer. Luke chapter 18, verse 1, right there in your notes, it says, Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. They should always pray and not give up. Always. Everyone say, always. The context of the story and the rest of the story is that there's a woman. And we don't know what her need is, but she's got a big problem. And the Bible says that this woman, day and night, she went to the judge. And the judge that she went to that could fix her problem, he wasn't a good guy. He was a bad guy. He was a wicked judge. He was a corrupt judge. In Jewish culture in this time, they didn't have like a temple court that they all went to or a courthouse that they went to. Judges would actually go from village to village to community to community, and they would set up tents. And the way that they made their living is by extorting the people. They would give them justice if they paid them a certain amount of money. And and this woman didn't have any money. She was a widow. Probably she was very poor. But she went to this judge day in and day out. And the Bible says, this judge says, listen, this lady is going to wear me out. She's going to exhaust me. She goes and she goes, avenge me of my adversaries. In other words, give me justice over my enemy. Rectify my cause. Fix my problem. And day in and day out, she finally wore this guy down and he gives in. And then Jesus contrasts this wicked judge with a good heavenly father. Jesus does an incredible dichotomy, an incredible... Here's a wicked judge who will give a woman what she wants because she's persistent. How much more your good heavenly father who loves to give good, who loves to give good gifts to his children will give to them that ask. Men... Come on, amen. Men ought always to pray and not give up. These guys had seen great signs. They'd seen great wonders. They'd seen great miracles. And Jesus was giving them the key. Jesus was giving them the key. The more time alone with God, the greater authority, power, and anointing you'll have. The more time that you spend in the secret place, the, not that your life necessarily will be easy, but the grace of God will give you the ability to walk through it. You'll walk through hell and you won't be burned. You'll walk through the fires or the waters and you won't be drowned. When you spend time with Him in persistency and prayer. See, how about you? Have you had a place where you were desperate today? Maybe you were in the past. If you're not today, you will be in the future. A desperate place. Austin was three years old, and there was an E. coli scare that had spread through Seattle. A couple of children had died at a Burger King because they'd eaten, eaten meat that was contaminated. And we were strolling through Costco. Oh, I was, wasn't going to say the name of the big box store. We were strolling through a big box store, and uh, we were putting our items in, and we put some hamburger in the cart, and the cart was full, and we were, weren't really paying too much attention, you know, kids in the cart and playing around, and And after a couple minutes, I turned around and I noticed that Austin had his mouth full of something and his hands full of something. And it was raw hamburger, raw meat. He just busted through that plastic and he was just feeding himself. And he's never stopped since. He just feeding himself. And we started panicking and like, you know, and watched him real close. And and I, I remember that feeling, you know, oh boy. Hope he's going to be okay. You know, Friday, a little bit off later on the day. 
Saturday, it was actually, I remember it was a Saturday, we were with some friends, and he started getting really listless, and, and I just kept thinking, E. coli, E. coli, E. coli, E. coli, and, and all of a sudden, I mean, he started getting so listless that, it, that he couldn't hardly even move, and he was just kind of staggering when he was walking, and, and I gra- ran over and I picked him up, and I, we had a 1987 Toyota Tercel two-door hatchback, I still remember the red car. Was never quite. I, I bought it from a guy who was putting it together. And he never quite finished putting it together. Held together by, by by what do they call it? Bell wire and duct tape. And I put Austin in the back seat of that car, and I drove to the emergency room. And I, he was just back there, and his head was just bouncing around. And, and I got desperate for God. There's there's nothing like having a child. Come on, get real. To make you want to get desperate for God. Come on, amen. And I started crying out, "Go oh God." And I got my best Holy Ghost prayer on. I prayed, I prayed, I prayed, I prayed. I prayed all the way to the hospital. We get him into the hospital. They run. We tell him what happened. They get him in an emergency. And, and I mean, you know how it works. They get into emergency. And next thing you know, they're looking at him. And he just bops up. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with him. Come on, amen. They're like, okay, we're going to run some tests, but I don't know, man. We think you guys are making this up. I'm like, no, 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 no. Are you desperate? You see, the, the, what I've discovered in my own personal life, usually it isn't until I reach the place of, you know what, God, I surrender. I give up. I can't do this. God, I need you. God, save me. God, help me. God, rescue me. God, I'm seeking you today. That's when things start to happen in the spiritual reality of my life. But as long as I'm just kind of on cruise and doing life and everything's not too bad and we're okay, I don't know, but the tendency of the human nature is to do just like the disciples did in the garden. I'm waiting on God. What do you mean? You know, yeah, no. Nah. This judge gave a begrudging answer. He gave a begrudging answer. But your Heavenly Father loves to answer. Your Heavenly Father loves to give good gifts. God's given you his Holy Spirit. Listen, you become a believer in Christ. You now have divine access to the Father. And that is made available because the Spirit of Jesus, the Spirit of Jesus, his Holy Spirit, now lives in you. He lives in you. Paul the Apostle said it like this in Romans chapter 8. He says, listen, guys, when you're praying, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness We do not even know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings and words that cannot be expressed. The Holy Spirit wants to pray through you. You've got something you've just been up against way too long. I'm challenging you today. Pray through to the breakthrough. Pray through. Pray through. I know it isn't easy, but don't give up. Don't give up. I prayed 1,007 times. We'll pray 1,000 any times. City Church, we were, my wife and I were living in Metro West, and, and we had no idea how to do this. We had no idea how to start a church. We had never heard of Sanford, Florida. We had never heard of Altamont Springs, Florida. And I remember I started writing down all the places that I went to, all the people that I asked. Hey, can we have a Sunday service in your building? All these different places. I mean, literally from Metro West to Pine Hills to Altamont Springs. 23 times. No, 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 
No room at the end. No, no. But it was the 24th time. Yes, yes. And when the yes came, it was exceedingly abundantly more than we could have ever asked or thought. It was a 500 seat theater right smack dab on the corner of I-4 and 436 and the heart of Central Florida. And everyone said, Amen. Third thing that I wanted to tell you this morning that Jesus, about this greatest circle maker, is that Jesus commanded his followers to live a life of persistent prayer. He commanded his followers. He commanded them. In Luke chapter 11, he actually says, Then he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, because a friend of mine is on a journey, has come to me, and have nothing to set before him. Then one one on the inside answers, Don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children are with me in bed. I can't give up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him bread because he's a friend, yet because of this man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it shall be given. Knock and it will be opened. Seek and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be open. There's something about boldness and prayer with God. There's something about being really specific in your prayer with God. God, I need this much money this month. God, I need this job. God, I need you to heal this in my body. God, I need you to fix this relationship. Getting really specific with God and coming to Him in boldness. Not because of who you are, but because of who He is. Listen, you're not righteous within yourself. You're not good within yourself. You're righteous and good because of the blood of Jesus. And when the Father in heaven looks down, He doesn't see you in your brokenness and what you did last week. As a matter of fact, if you are in Christ, those things are under the blood. They're forgiven. They're washed away. As far as the east is from the west, He'll remember your sins no more. What He sees when He looks down on you is sees Jesus. He sees Jesus. Because there the Bible says Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. The place of authority. Making intercession for you. Come on. Boldness. We ask in boldness. God, I'm asking for this first service to go into two services this fall. Come on. I'm asking for more souls. I'm asking, Lord Jesus, for this ministry to experience the presence and the power of God and miraculous signs and wonders. God, I'm asking for healing of marriages. God, I'm asking for people to be transformed and impacted in this community. God, I'm asking that by 2014, City Church gives a Bible to every person in this city. Come on. I'm asking specifically. The cool thing about a lot of my miracles is that you guys get to join in on them. You get to be part of it. I mean, Moses was the one that held up the rod. The people got to walk on dry ground. I believe today. I believe that God's got great things. Listen, it is not enough for this first service to be satisfied with one service. When there's a whole city going to hell today. Come on, there's a whole city that needs Jesus. You guys, we have incredible worship. We have the presence of God. We have the power of God. You've got an incredible children's ministry. We have the largest youth ministry that this city has ever had in its 140-year history. God is moving in a powerful way. 
No empty seats, first service. No empty seats. Come on, can you believe with me? No empty seats, second service. I'm believing, I'm praying. Come on, we believe. It's not your need that moves God. That's right. Oh, you're not hearing me today. Oh, I'm broke, busted, and disgusted. Poor me, I've got a pity party. That never moved God one inch. No way. No way. It's not your need that moves the hand of God. It's your prayer. It's your faith in a God who can make the impossible possible. But what do you need today? What do you need today? You've got a little blank at the bottom of your sheet there and your little, little handout that we gave you. What do you need today from God? What do you need from Him today? Why don't you take just a moment? Why don't you take just a moment? And there's some things that can block us today. There's some hindrances. There's some blocks. Unforgiveness. Wrong motives. Listen, Jesus said, if you harbor unforgiveness, if you don't forgive a man that you can see, the Father in heaven will never forgive you who you can't see. It's what Jesus said. You've got to forgive. You've got to release. People will say bad things. People will do mean things. You've got to release them. You've got to bless them. You've got to pray for them. Do good for them to them that despitefully use you. Bless them that curse you. So no blocks. You can't have any blocks. You've got to come to them in faith. You've got to come to them in faith. Jesus could do no mighty miracles because of their unbelief. Save a few. We just believe. We just trust. Here's the deal about the secret place. The secret place isn't about God. The secret place is about you. Jacob said, I won't let go until you bless me. I won't let go until you bless me. Jesus prayed in the garden. Father, take this cup from me. Here's where you got to get to this place. This is where you got to get. It isn't even so much about the answer, but it's about the work that God is doing through you. Because sometimes the answer in your life is no. I mean, sometimes God says no. Prayed for my mom. First time we prayed for her to be healed of cancer. God healed. She lived another 10 years. It comes back again. We're praying for her. We're believing. God doesn't heal her. Come on, you gotta, you got to be able to resolve that got to be able to resolve there are times when god says no in our life but all things will work together for good for them that what believe and trust and put their yes, confidence yes, in god yes. all things will work together for good for them that love him and are called according to his purpose jesus did not want to die as a human on the cross could there be any other way come on it's not about necessarily the final answer that you think you should get but it's about God's will, God's kingdom, God's purposes being done in your life. And you got to get peace. Philippians 4 says, don't complain about every, anything, but pray about everything. Pray about everything. And let the peace of God that passes all understanding guard your heart and your mind. See, that's what happens when you get the breakthrough. When you get the breakthrough, you got to resolve in your heart. i got peace. i got the peace of God. you got a little blank right now in the bottom. Maybe there's one. I just want you to focus on one area today. One area that you need breakthrough in. One area. I just want you to write it in there. We're going to pray together here as a congregation. We're going to pray together specifically. You're going to take this time and maybe after this service this morning, you'll need to come to the front and you'll need to make some business with God. We're going to pray together as a church. We're going to pray together. You fill that in. I want you to take just a moment right now in your life. An area. You need, you need a child. 
come back to the Lord. You need a financial problem fixed. You got a physical need in your body. Friend, you got something. You got a, a problem at work. I don't know what it is. But I know today He cares. Ask and you shall receive. We've done that this morning. Our ushers are going to come. We're going to receive. We're going to receive. Tithe and offering today. Ushers, I just want you to come and I want you to pass out the buckets. Just pass them up and then after you pass them, I want you to bring them down. So there are two kinds of Christians. There are givers and there are takers. See, Jesus said it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. The Father's given us every good gift today. He's given us the power. He's given us the ability to pray. And this morning, there's something powerful. There's something powerful that takes place in this holy moment. This holy moment as we bring our offering and we bring our tithe to the Lord. I just believe God's doing in your life, in your heart, as you're seeking Him. God sees your desire. You want to please Him in every area. You're pressing through in every area. As you, as I pray over you this morning, you wrote something down on that note. As you wrote something down on, on that piece of paper. As you put your offering in the bucket. You put the yellow card in the bucket this morning. I'm going to pray God's blessing over you. Go ahead, guys, and pass up the buckets. All the way to the front. Just bring them up. Can you lift your hands towards heaven? I'm going to pray. Come on, guys, bring them all the way to the front. Bring these buckets all the way to the front. I'm going to pray over these. We need miracles in City Church. We need prosperity, blessing on God's people who are seeking Him. We need jobs. We need provision. We need healing of relationships. God, this money represents people's lives. People worked hours. People worked a week or two weeks. God, and they're giving. They're giving. Many people are giving out of their lack. Some get out of their abundance. God, however they gave today, they gave because they desire to honor and please you. So I bless their giving today. I thank you, Father, that you're the God that opens doors. You're the God that provides provision from heaven. You said, Lord, that we being evil fathers know how to give good gifts to our children. That if he asked for a piece of bread, we wouldn't give with stone. Jesus, but today we know that you are a good father. You said, how much more will your heavenly father give to them that ask? And so we are asking boldly, Father, for divine provision for this house through your people. God, I'm praying for the business people. I'm praying that you will open doors, that you will give contracts and provisions and find favor as they work diligently hard. I pray for those who work for people, Lord. Those who work on an hourly job. I, I pray, God, as they go to work, their attitudes will be right. Their thoughts will be right, Lord. They'll work with all their might, soul, and strength is unto you. And they'll find your favor. God, they'll find promotion. God, I thank you that you supply and meet every need of your people today. I bless. I pray like you did, Jesus, with the loaves and the fishes. I give you thanks for these gifts. 
and I pray that you will multiply them so that there will be an abundance in this house. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord a great big clap. My chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior has ransomed me. And I come to love His mercy. Come on, church, declare it. Come on. My chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior, has ransomed me. And I can love His mercy reign. Unending love. Come on, say it like you mean it. Come on. Amazing grace. Come on, one more time to go.